Hi, my name is Tarek Amin. I am the Chief Technology Officer of Rakuten Mobile. What we are building in Japan is a groundbreaking open network architecture, the world first 100% virtualized cloud native platform. And we are very confident that this architecture and 5G will change the world. I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. We've got a very special guest for you this week. It's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Tarek Amin, Chief Technology Officer of Rakuten Mobile. But before we get into our 5G discussion, we have a recurring segment where we try to get to know our guest a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Tarek, are you ready for those? Absolutely, Sean. Question number one, what do you consider your greatest achievement? So I think uh, um, for me personally, always looking at, uh, at not the least venture path, taking what we have done in Japan, I, I must admit this is something that I take uh, immense pride in, largely because um, uh, you know, it, it was an idea that was thought through that it would be impossible an idea that required not only my energy, but a, a consortium of willing partner, and motivated organization, and a, a globally sourced employee staff that I had to assemble together to build a technology that did not exist in the in telecom industry. So um, I, I take many prides about what I have done in my career, but this last project and the last uh, achievement in Rakuten Mobile is, is significant because the implications of this is really massive, not just necessarily for only Rakuten Mobile in Japan, but I leave the, the tenants of our architecture has a great opportunity to change the underlying foundation to how we serve connectivity to the world I look at the world where today 3 billion people are still unconnected and I always believe it is because of the complexity, the cost and uh, the, the, the totality of time that it takes to roll out new technology. And I hope, I hope that what we have done in Japan would become a catalyst to what you would see across the world as we embrace a new era moving away from custom hardware uh, proprietary hardware to uh, open networks deployed on cloud. Uh, so I, I take extreme immense pride of what my team and myself have done in the last few years in Japan. And question number two, Tarek, what do you most value in your friends? So I, I, uh, I would tell you, maybe uh, I'll give you a, a story about um, how we picked uh, our suppliers in Rocket and Mobile because this is an interesting one and I haven't shared this, uh, this story and background with many people. My first job in June 2018 in Rakuten was actually canceling the old RFP that Rakuten issued. And uh, I, I basically engaged not in a technical evaluation. I actually invited like-minded people, friends that, that I learned from, friends that I admire people that I know have hunger and desire to change the world. So um, what, I, what I like about um, you know, my own friends are ones that always got your back. They're always behind you. Whether you're gonna, you're gonna go through challenges, whether you're gonna fall down, 
people that are willing to pick you up, embrace you, uh, support you, no matter how hard the, the path that we get together, I know I could count on them. And in fact, whether in my professional career or, or on the personal side, I, I, I have uh, been blessed with many, many people that believed in what I wanted to do. And part of my success personally is all about the people that I have surrounded myself with. And the final question, what is your motto? So I, uh, I have one motto that is uh, displayed in my office every day. I even had it translated in Japanese, which is impossible is nothing. I, I believe that we as human beings are far more capable than we give credit to ourselves. I never want to put obstacles and I never really want to think about the possibility of, uh, of not being able to achieve the mission and objective. So you will hear me and in, in my team talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that we should sit this grand vision and really is impossible is nothing. And we work in a, in a very structured manner where we think that there is always no plan B for us. Uh, if we put our energy, motivation and passion, towards achieving this goals and objective. So you talked a little bit about the work that's being done in Japan with Rakuten Mobile, and we're going to get more into that, but I, I'm still looking back at Reliance Geo, uh, just so impressed, a nationwide greenfield network in India that's approaching half a billion subscribers. It's really not often that the opportunity comes around to take part in building a brand new network and you're on number two. So what I'd like to understand is, was this simply the natural arc of your professional career or did you intentionally put yourself into these situations? I, I'm guessing it's the latter and if so, why? What is it that attracts you to these uh, blank canvases? Uh, great question, Sean. So um, maybe I would preface to you, you know, before going to uh, Reliance Geo in India, I really thought that I knew everything I needed to know uh, around telecom. I thought that I'm personally innovative. I think slightly different. I think outside of the box. And uh, and then when the opportunity in India came, came about, um, uh, you know, I, I am motivated by these big, big challenges. So, um, you know, may, maybe it is a, a blessing or a curse that I'm always looking about taking grand challenges in my life. I just thrive at that. I feel uh, empowered. I feel excited. The adrenaline that comes in from doing something that the world would tell you it cannot work just drives me uh, to, a, to an unbelievable level. When, um, you know, so, so that really tells you that, uh, you know, um, India itself have become a canvas of learning for me. I, um, I landed in India and I remember when I turned my mobile device in India, I've seen on my mobile phone a symbol I have not seen in the U.S. for many years, which is 2G. So when we, when we entered and when Geo had this grand vision uh, led by, my opinion, one of the most charismatic leaders that I have worked with and, and, uh, and the chairman of Reliance and, and the leadership team that existed, they had a very, very simple vision. Disrupt, get India to go from, you know, uh, being uh, the trailing data country in the world to being the leading country in the world, democratize 
the, the economy and you have seen what has happened. I, I take immense pride about what I have learned in India and that has been for me the foundation of um, who I am today. I mean, I'm really, really blessed that I got the opportunity to take a part of uh, and participate in, in, uh, in helping Reliance uh, build a network, build an infrastructure. And, uh, and of course, uh, that, that led to my next opportunity in Rakuten. So with Rakuten Mobile in Japan, your team has built a, a fully virtualized open network that's providing LTE services, and you've discussed publicly your plans to transition over to 5G. And this brings a lot of, of CapEx and OpEx benefits, this approach. I, I've heard you describe the decision to build this type of network as intentional, as a, as a considered choice. So what I really want to understand is your, your macro level intent beyond providing more optionality to consumers and enterprises in Japan. And I, I feel like we have a bit of a preview of this as you organize the Rakuten communications platform offering, but could you give us a little more insight into what the high level intent is? Absolutely, Sean. So I think maybe if I um, could, could describe to the audience a little bit more on the history, because it's really important to understand the past as it represents the ideas and the thoughts that came to my mind of what I would do if I was presented another opportunity like Reliance Geo. You know, almost uh, um, three and a half years ago, um, I had the opportunity to visit Facebook in Mellow Park. And uh, the team there were gracious enough to let me tour their facility, understand how they build software, how they build hardware. And I was literally taken away with one thing that jumped on my mind. When you look at the data center of web scale architecture, um, some of them have really went through a considerable amount of thoughts around how to build the infrastructure with utter simplicity in mind. A company like Facebook that has 2.2 billion plus members and subscribers into its ecosystem, you know, have only six hardware types. And that really just captivated me. I said, six hardware types. And I started learning more. I said, please explain to me, you know, the, the, the architecture of, of all of the hardware that you have done. And, uh, uh, and I was amazed by how they minimized the dependency on any custom hardware, how they built everything on commodity appliance, and wrote one of the most elegant software code architecture, built, deployed as completely microservices, cloud native, and we in telecom, I felt we are decades behind. To be very honest with you, Sean, I personally felt I am so far behind and I need to learn and I need to learn more. And so what I spend more time with is learning, observing, um, you know, what web scale companies do and how could we apply the principles in a, in a telecommunication infrastructure? It was absolutely a deliberate choice. It's not the fact that we are a greenfield operator that made myself, my team, my leadership in uh, Rakuten to embrace this journey. It was a choice to build a network. We believe the likes of none across the world, a network that would give us a distinct advantage on cost economics, a network that would bring cloud into its foundation. The cloud would bring then efficiency, operational cost improvement, 
And more important, the automation and the whole objective of the cloud is the savings that would come with it would enable Rakuten to, sit, to pass the savings that we have achieved to the consumers, allow us to embed our larger ecosystem beyond connectivity. So it is absolutely a deliberate choice. And, and we could not imagine that how could we compete if we build a network that looks the same across the same networks that we build across the world. We needed something different, something that would allow us to really embrace service agility, embrace a software personality on the, on the telecom side, and drive a much higher net, uh, net promoter score uh, into an industry that honestly lagged behind compared to many other industry on the digital front. So, um, it, and, and I think in hindsight, it would have been the easy path, by the way, to select a traditional vendor. And if you ask me today, you know, two years and a half and three years through this journey, would we have done anything differently? I would say absolutely not. I think this is the right thing for Rakuten and it's the right thing for the industry that uh, a company was willing to bet its destiny and its future on, an, on a new groundbreaking architecture with lots of issues in the early days and many big opportunities as we go through to further enhance uh, the services that uh, we are delivering to consumers in Japan. So with the open virtualized network you've built in Japan, you know, this is obviously one of the most complex built environments on earth, but at the same time, we see this ongoing conversation around open RAN somewhat relegated to rural areas. Uh, you mentioned earlier the billions of people in the world who don't have reliable access to mobile internet. Most of these people live in emerging countries, many of them in, in Africa. Concurrently, we see a lot of open RAN trial activities in places like DRC, Mozambique, South Africa, and so forth. So if we ignore some of the criticisms around open RAN for an urban deployment configuration and just consider it as a technology that could bridge the digital divide in a way that the end user could afford, fundamentally shift the economics, as you mentioned, is that success? Is, is the notion that open RAN and is an extension of that 5G something that could lift up these people, communities, and economies, is that sufficient for us as an industry to say, yes, this changed the world? Yeah, so Sean, let me, let me address uh, a really important point, and I'm going to tell you really um, my honest opinion about this. I don't think uh, you could say open RAN uh, is not ready for urban and dense urban deployment. Tokyo um, is denser with hev heavily populated area. Uh, and if you come to Tokyo, you realize it's, it's a massive uh, dense urban environment with uh, a, a significant amount of capacity and spectral efficiency that is required to serve a market that I think many of the audience understand Japan is a quality obsessed country. And in my life, Sean, I have never understood until I worked in Japan, this definition of Japanese quality. The consumer of Japan is very unforgiven, by the way. A one single drop call, a block call, an outage is, is talked about in public in ways I have never imagined in my life. So, um, you know, I, I would tell everybody that's listening to this podcast that, uh, my doors and Rakuten doors has been always open to 
see and validate what we have done. The analogy I would give you and give the audience is one would say, will software improve or will software always be static? I always will take a very good written software code over any type of hardware because that's what we are heading towards. As advancements happen in AI and machine learning, we have seen at one side of the equation where all of these newer startups in the AI domain, machine learning, cloud, uh, in the IT world, have exceeded, far exceeded anybody's expectations on the workloads that they deliver. The question I would ask, why would we always have this level of skepticism around any new technology in telecommunication? Why don't, why don't we, as an industry, focus on rewarding startups, startups that are hungry to get the opportunity to break through? And uh, so I, I also would tell you, Open RAN is not an isolation of a technology that should be deployed in rural areas. Open RAN is a fundamental technology architecture shift. And I say fundamental because for us, we have what, honestly, the largest, the largest cloud Open RAN platform today deployed. So we are not talking about labs, POCs. We're talking about a significant thousands of macro stations deployed, thousands of small cells, thousands of femto, completely virtualized architecture. And we just started to realize the opportunity with Open RAN to change how you serve a consumer, how a network organizes itself, heals itself, is just remarkable. And the possibility to head towards what the industry dreams about, what I call it level four autonomous networking. For me, this is not a white paper. For me, I am two years away to have a complete abstraction from anybody running operation in rocket and mobile network, largely because of, of course, Open RAN is important, but the apparatus of the entire end-to-end -end cloud architecture has a significant impact on reducing operations and reducing CapEx. And I'll give you one classic idea to, 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 to think about. What happens if there is no more need for field operations in the future? The field operation teams could be reskilled to become service reliability engineer, get trained on new skill sets like software, because I see it every single day today in my team, is ruthless around their approach towards automation. How we address operation is so significantly different. I, I welcome anybody to come and see our uh, service experience center. We don't call it a knock. We call it service experience center because we are all about services. And the way that we address the services is a significant investment that we are doing on staffing up AI engineers, uh, software developers, and, and site reliability engineers. So uh, I think this connotation of let's start with rural areas, it's not ready for urban. I, I would say, why don't we come to Tokyo? Come and see and look at the facts and at the merits and at the KPI of a real running network with a heavy traffic load. And let us then debate as a group, as a together, how could we make this technology better? Because the objective that Rakuten wants to do is to open up this ecosystem for collaboration. We're not saying that we have done it better than anybody, quite the contrary. We need everybody's help. We just want to open up the door for people to think differently. And I hope what we have done in Tokyo um, really creates that momentum that the industry needs to force you know, large OEM, small vendors, and really, really reward startups 
that want to come into this space uh, to, to help us innovate and help us incubate new technologies to, to improve the productivity and efficiency of how telecom networks are run, whether it is 4G or 5G networks. So I, I agree with you. This is absolutely a fundamental shift and the telco of the future that is successful is a, a software company essentially. But at the same time, we've seen gradual adoption and some reticence among operators. You used the phrase, uh, bet the destiny and future on this vision of a new type of network. Uh, I, I'd say that many of the companies that are in your peer set are, are maybe not that interested in taking a gamble like this. But as you said, your doors are open. So what, what else can you do to evangelize this technology and, and help drive proliferation all over the world? Yeah, Sean, I think um, uh, during the journey, um, you know, maybe at the latter end, as we started get, seeing Probably like, uh, let, let, me, let me back out a little bit, I'll tell you. Um, you know, one of, one of the most interesting emotional moments, and if I could paint this image in everybody's mind, February 2019, I have seen leaders that I have worked for with many years, tearing and crying, which I could not believe it, when the first call happened on our open RAN virtualized infrastructure. This team worked tirelessly. I mean, they worked night and day. And to see the emotions aspect of a business that we sometimes look at it from a one and a zero, a binary thing about what people do, behind the scenes is, is, a, is a dedication that I have never seen in my life in a team that is super motivated. A group of 48 nationalities came to Japan to help build this infrastructure. And they all came not chasing money, they chasing opportunity and dreams that they never been given before. I realized quickly that the biggest asset that I personally had is this group. If I could motivate them to go build this really impossible dream, I think now we as Rakuten can package a cloud connectivity platform option, which we call RCP, Rakuten Communication Platform. Taking all of our journey in the past two years, open completely this platform for collaboration, co-innovation, and co-development. We want to see massive participation on uh, the growth of this platform opportunity. It is factual that we don't want to be another vendor. We want to be a, definitely a platform provider, a platform that understand cloud, understand software, most importantly, understand the concept of open source, open arms and open collaboration. We don't want to ever be in the business of selling hardware. And actually, I would be more than willing to show a path to every operator of how they reduce their hardware cost by minimum 40%, because that's not a business we want to be in. So I think the approach to evangelize what we have done, uh, we have taken some strategic decisions. We use Japan as a catalyst, as a proof of concept that the RCP for both 4G and 5G is carrying a significant workload. It's elastic, it has auto healing, it's resilient. It's meeting the spectral efficiency requirement and capacity that we need. But then uh, uh, take this platform into key markets. And I think the United States is a very, very keen market for, for Rakuten. Establishing officially as of, uh, I think uh, last week, we now, although Rakuten Inc. as a group have a big operation in uh, San Mateo, uh, California, 
Rakuten Mobile did not necessarily exist. We officially formulate and open now Rakuten Mobile in the US to focus on the growth of our R&D around autonomous network to build a community lab where we're gonna put RCP in this lab. We wanna invite uh, private enterprises. We wanna invite mobile operators. We wanna invite government agencies to come and see and hopefully help us into the, the collaboration that we have to do to, put, to push this, uh, uh, this new disruption. And I will tell you, this disruption could also encompass large OEMs. I don't think large OEMs should be afraid from these ideas. I think they should, be, should, they should embrace this transformation. And I will tell you, frankly speaking, we have amazing discussions with Nokia. Imagine that Nokia, as a, as a traditional OEM vendor, is more than willing to partner and collaborate with Rakuten Communication Platform to onboard their applications and services on top of this platform is tells you that the the mindset is changing. It's not going to happen overnight, but we want to evangelize this. We want to we want others to see what we see, especially around the automation, especially around our OSS layer orchestration. We have many things that we have done differently that might be of an interest for a captive audience that is really, I feel, is looking for that transformational change on how you deliver to the communication services and the agility you need to run the operations. As Arthur C. Clarke said, the only way to discover the limits of the possible is to go beyond them into the impossible. And Tarek, I admire you going toward what we thought was impossible with open doors and with open arms. That's very compelling to me. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your perspective with our audience and answer the question, will 5G change the world? Thank you very much, Sean. Really enjoyed it. And thank you for giving me time today to speak to all of you. Thank you. If you enjoyed our Open RAN conversation today and would like more, I'd encourage you to check out Archimedia's Open RAN Forum coming up on October 13th. We'll be joined by Tarek as well as a number of other industry leaders in this space, including representatives from the Open RAN Policy Coalition, Ericsson, Nokia, Altia Star, Mavenir, and many others. To register, you can visit openranforum.com front slash home. I invite you to use the discount code PODCAST25, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-2-5, to receive a discount on your pass. As always, the episode today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kinney. Thanks for listening.